after a wild and tumultuous offseason, we're now just five days away from Notre Dame kicking off the 2020 football season, which for a while there we weren't sure was actually going to happen. I'm joined today by former Notre Dame quarterback and 17-year NFL veteran quarterback Steve Berline to talk about expectations for the 2020 season. And Steve, let's begin with the Notre Dame offense. When you look at this team and you study the data, you study the film, what do you see as the strengths and the areas of concern for the Irish heading into 2020 on offense? Well, Brian, I think the, the strengths are pretty obvious. Uh, we, we, we've already done a feature on, on uh, Ian Book, the quarterback. I, there aren't many teams that have a more experienced quarterback than Ian Book, and, and the expectations are very, very high for him this year to, to not necessarily carry the team, but to, to play at a high level consistently and then win, you know, win some games maybe at the end of the year. At the, at the end of the game, you know, uh, a lot of these big games, and when, when you look at the schedule, there's, there's not a lot of big games on the schedule, but there are going to be some games where he's got to make some plays down the stretch to win the ball game, uh, put together that big drive, and, and really solidify himself as a legitimate top-notch quarterback. But uh, I think the expectations are there for him, and rightfully so. Uh, also, you look at the offensive line, five returning starters. Uh, there's no doubt it's one of, the, one of the best offensive lines in football, led by the, the, two, out, the, the two bookend tackles, um, Eichenberg and Hainsey. And then you've got Kramer at guard on the inside, who's also very highly regarded. All three of those guys potentially could be All-Americans. So uh, the big boys up front, that's where it usually all starts. And you put a good, experienced quarterback behind them, that definitely is the strength of this football team. And, and I expect big things, as long as there's no injuries up front, I expect that that O-line will hold up very well. The question marks is pretty much everything else. And you look at the running back situation, no running back with any real good, you know, in-depth experience coming back. When you look at the leading rusher coming back for the team, it's quarterback Ian Book, 546 yards last year. And then the second leading run, uh, returning rusher for the team was Braden Lindsay as a wide receiver and you know rushing for over or right about 200 yards last year showed some big plays on the reverses and things like that but that's a that's a key point I mean if you're two returning leading rushers or your quarterback and a wide receiver that shows that there's a question mark at running back and I think uh, that's going to be an area that's going to really take a uh, we're going to have to really take a big dive into and see who can step up and really make a name for themselves obviously the the guy that everybody's really excited about is Chris Tyree, the freshman out of Virginia, five-star running back, who they're going to try to work in, I'm sure, pretty early. Uh, we'll probably see him uh, for uh, you know, a, a good amount of time in that first game against Duke. Uh, but there are some experienced you know, returners coming back in Jafar Armstrong and uh, Jameer Smith. Sebo uh, Flemister had the chance to make some plays last year and showed some potential. These are all guys that we think can be good, solid football players for this team, good, solid running backs. But we haven't really seen enough to know who we're going to hang our hat on this year. Uh, obviously, Tyree is the guy that everybody's very excited about. But then when you look at wide receiver, same kind of situation. You lose Claypool, Fink, and Komet. Uh, those are three big-time players uh, that are going to have a chance to make their mark at the next level. Who do you replace them with? Well, there's a lot of question marks behind those guys. And, and guys like Braden Lindsey are going to have to step up. And, and then you got um, Lawrence Keyes. I know the third, Lawrence Keyes the third, who uh, Brian Kelly is hoping will be the guy that will fill in that Chris Fink spot on the inside as an inside possession type 
receiver, but you, a guy that you need to step up consistently and make plays for you. And then Kevin Austin. I mean, Kevin Austin Jr., he's a guy that I think everybody would agree the potential is there. He's got the size. He's got the speed. Uh, he's got the ability to become a really consistent threat on the outside for this team. But he hasn't really shown any consistency yet. He had a foot injury last year, I believe. And uh, th there's going to be some things that um, really he's going to have some opportunities, I think, early in the year to sh prove himself as a guy that this team can count on offensively. And the word that we've heard is that he has shown some really good focus this year and he's got his head in the right place. Maybe the maturity has kicked in. He's a guy that we can hopefully count on to make a few big plays or, or, or a lot of big plays for this team this year. Uh, there's a few guys, uh, freshmen, that you look at. When we got the number 36 uh, player in the country in Jordan Johnson coming in this year. I'm excited to see what he can do. Big play potential. He's a very explosive player. And then Xavier Watts is another guy that, that was very highly regarded. I know you had him ranked probably as one of the top 100 prospects in the country. So to land those two guys, that's big play potential right there. Really good. Uh, coupling that along with Chris Tyree um, as, a, as a freshman running back, I think those are guys that really can make an impact this year on this team. And then finally, tight end, uh, I think Tommy Tremble's a guy that really has shown the potential and can be a, a real consistent threat in this offense too as a, as a, a, a factor in every single game that a defense is going to have to game plan for, have to account for him, because if he gets the right matchups, he's shown that he can win. And, uh, and you can do a lot of nice things with him as far as his, his different skill sets. You can flex him out. You can bring him in motion. You can do a lot of things to kind of capitalize on his skill set too. So there's a lot of talent but there's a lot of question marks about who's going to step up and make those plays for this offense this year. And I think the Kevin Austin situation is a unique one, Steve, because when you look at a guy that doesn't – teams don't have a lot of film on him. He's a very dynamic player. And then with him being out for the first few games, when he gets back, they're going to start hitting that stretch. He's supposed to be back for that really good stretch of football that begins with Florida State or Louisville, and then obviously ends with Clemson and North Carolina, which we'll get into a little bit. So that's the other unique part of it. And you mentioned also uh, in, in offense about the winning in the trenches is so key. Well, that's also true on defense. And so when you look at the strengths of the Notre Dame defense, I know you think those begin when you look at that Irish front seven. Well, it all starts with the front seven, 100%. And, and I think that is the strength of our defense. When you look at uh, Owusu Corps, Romoa coming back, I mean, he, he is, uh, I think, across the board, everybody regards him as, a, as one of the top uh, uh, outside pass-rushing linebackers in the country playing the rover position for Notre Dame. Uh, led the team in tackles, sacks, and tackles for loss last year. Uh, he's going to be a real, real uh, impact player for us. We've got to keep that guy healthy. We've got to keep him on the field for sure. Um, but then you, you talk about other guys up front, Dalen Hayes is a guy that has to step up and play well. He's shown the ability, shown flashes of it. And then Ogundiji uh, is a guy that really played well at the end of last year. And the question is, can he play off of that finish last year and really become the impact player that we need him to become? But the front seven really is solid. I think the linebackers, we always seem to have good linebackers play. And the question mark is going to come down to the secondary. And you know, with the schedule that we've got, a lot of teams throwing the football, they're going to put a lot of pressure on our defensive backfield. The big challenge for those offenses 
is going to be can they protect and give their quarterback enough time to make plays down the field. But if they do get that protection, is our defensive backfield strong enough with three new starters? We've only got Kyle Hamilton, the, the rising sophomore, who's a, a superstar in the making, I think, as a, as, a, as a free safety back there. He's got the size and the range. Uh, he's got the experience now to be a real impact player. But the other three positions, the two corners and the strong safety, uh, are guys that really have to step up and show they're going to get tested early. Duke, David Cutcliffe is going to come out throwing the football week one uh, at Notre Dame Stadium trying to make an impact because he knows they can't match up just lining up and running the football at Notre Dame. They've got to try to throw the ball, make plays in the passing game, and it's going to test our depth as well. As well as having three new starters, we're going to have uh, our nickel and dime uh, players also without a lot of experience that haven't really had a chance to be tested and prove themselves. So that's going to be the question with this defense. Feel really good about the front seven. I think the talent is there again in the defensive backfield, but are these guys going to step up and show that they're, they're game-time players? Now, when you look at the Notre Dame 2020 schedule, it's seen quite a change since, since it was first released. There's no USC, there's no Wisconsin, there's no Stanford, uh, it, you, but you now have teams like North Carolina that you mentioned earlier, Florida State have been added to the schedule. But when you look at it overall, it's a very manageable schedule. Uh, it's a 74 and 67 combined record of the 11 opponents from last season. You take away the Clemson 14 and one, and we're talking 60 and 66. Now there's going to be some improved teams. You talked about North Carolina and there's other programs that I think are going to be improved this season. We all know about Clemson. That's obviously the biggest game. That's that show me game that Notre Dame still has to have. Steve, what is that other big game you look at on the schedule where number one, Notre Dame is going to have to really bring it. And then number two could be that opportunity to make a statement when you talk about building a college football playoff resume. Well, I think the, the one game that really jumps out at me, and this schedule, I don't think it's a real daunting schedule when you look at it compared to Notre Dame's schedules of the past. I don't think there's a lot of games that really jump out at you as being, boy, that's a big game, uh, other than the Clemson game, as you said. But late in the year, November 27th, we travel to North Carolina, Mac Brown. That is going to be a huge, huge football game. Mac Brown did an incredible job last year. Uh, really building this team into a respectable football team. I did the Clemson game down there that, that North Carolina should have won last year. They really did outplay Clemson all day. Uh, that crowd was going crazy. Now, whether that's going to be a factor at this time uh, or, or come November with all the other unique circumstances that we all know about, we'll see. But that football team will be ready. Matt Brown knows how to get a team ready, and they've got that game circled right now. Trust me. It's going to be a big game, and it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to be one where our big play guys are going to have to step up and make some plays, especially Ian Book. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, there's really not another game on the schedule that I look at and say, you know, Notre Dame should not be significantly favored going into that game. I, I think we, we look at the schedule, we say Notre Dame should win all of those games, but I think there are about two or three, maybe three trap games that, look, that jump out at me. And if you, if you want to talk about those, we can. Well, and that's the interesting thing, Steve, because when you look at college football in recent seasons, it's, it's a lot of times like Ohio State in 2018, it wasn't Penn State or Michigan or Wisconsin that knocked Ohio State out of the college football playoff. It was a late October road game at Purdue that, that, that you know, kind of snuck up on them. You know, we've seen uh, Sarah, Sarah, Clemson the year that they won their first national championship. It wasn't, it wasn't Auburn early in the year that knocked them off and gave them their one loss. It was Pitt. 
And so we see those trap games a lot of times can be the difference between whether or not you can make the playoff or whether or not you're going to be on that outside looking in. And then you mentioned there's two or three games that I know we've discussed before that you say, yes, Notre Dame should win, but they're going to have, they're going to have to, you know, to, to play well and show up and play well to win those games. Break down what those games are for you, Steve. Well, I, I think it's actually a three-game stretch right in the middle of the season. You mentioned late October, that game. Uh, that snuck up on Ohio State. Uh, there's three games in October that are that are back to back to back. Uh, two of them are at home: Florida State and Louisville. And then there's one away at Pitt. I think that three-game stretch, in order for Notre Dame to to really achieve or have a chance to achieve what they want to get done this year and what we all think they're capable of, maybe making a run at the playoffs so they can handle Clemson one time. Uh, those are games that they really have to be careful about. Florida State at home, uh, we all know that Florida State's going to have talent. And, and if that team gets on a little bit of a roll early in the season, coming into Notre Dame, they're going to want to make up for what happened the last time they came to Notre Dame. They got drubbed pretty good. And so they're going to want to make a statement. And then follow that up with Louisville, a team that you and I were talking about. They gave Notre Dame fits last time. And they've got a lot of talent coming back, a coach now in his second year as a proven guy uh, who's going to have that team ready, and they're not going to be intimidated to come to Notre Dame and try to uh, right that, that close loss from last, last time. So uh, those two games at home, I think, have the potential uh, to really be trap games. And then you've already done a lot of coverage on this game. I know the Pitt game uh, on, on October 24th, going down there and playing at Pitt after those two home games. I think that's a game where that team can step up and, and cause a lot of problems for Notre Dame as well. So they're going to have to be ready to play all three of those games because any one of those three teams, I think if Notre Dame is not ready to play and they don't bring their A game, that team can step up and, 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 and put one of those losses that can uh, literally potentially end the season for a team, for Notre Dame. And Pitt's always been a team that gives Notre Dame problems. You know, you know, 2015, Notre Dame beat him convincingly, but, you know, they needed, they needed overtime to beat a 500 Pitt team in 2012. 2018, Notre Dame needed a fourth quarter comeback to beat a 7-7 seven and seven Pitt team that, you know, so, so Pitt's not going to back down from Notre Dame no, no matter what Notre Dame is. And it just seems in the history of, of this rivalry, no matter how good Notre Dame is or how average Pitt is, they, they seem to give them some problems. Now, as we look big picture, Steve, you talked about the strengths. You talked about the trenches. You've got a veteran quarterback. Those are all things that champions are built around. You talk about a manageable schedule, the big games. You mentioned your, your five games that you talked about. Three of them are at home, and one of them, the, the North Carolina game, you have a bye week before that that gives you some extra time to prepare. So a workable schedule. When you look at this football team, Steve, from a big picture standpoint, what should the expectations be for Notre Dame in 2020? Not necessarily prediction, but what should the expectations be? What kind of success should this team achieve this season? Well, I, I think when you look at the schedule and, and you look at what we have as a football team coming back, the expectations should be very, very high. Uh, it, it should be a, a, a schedule that plays very well for us. Um, Clemson obviously is the big question mark and, and we all understand that to get to the playoffs we're going to have to beat Clemson at least one time we want to we want to have the, the chance to play them twice we want to play them once because they're on the schedule uh, in November uh, but we'd also like to play them again as in the ACC championship game 
for, for all the marbles for that ACC conference title, but also probably for a berth into the playoffs. So uh, really that second Clemson game is the one that's going to, if we get a chance to play in that game, is the one that's going to really uh, carry all the, all the weight. But when you look at the, the, the schedule, I really think the expectation should be to go, you know, undefeated or one loss, and that loss being to Clemson. I think anything less than that will be disappointing uh, for Notre Dame, for the coaching staff, uh, and for those of us that are going to be following it very closely. And, and again, I, you know, my expectation is that I, I, I think it's going to be very hard to make it through that three-week run. We talked about those trap games. Uh, if we can get through that, I know for a fact that Brian Kelly will have that team ready for North Carolina uh, at late in the season. And that's the other game that obviously scares me. But uh, the expectations should be very high. I'm a little bit leery of whether we can get it to that point where we're going to have that shot uh, come, come uh, late in the season. That'll do it for our 2020 expectations for Notre Dame. Make sure you're locked into Irish Breakdown all week for coverage of Notre Dame's first game of the season against the Duke Blue Devils.